0: There is nothing like going into deep dive conversations with people you know well and even more so people you don't know well. There's a vulnerability in sharing. There's an absolute beauty in honoring each other's vulnerabilities and listening to each of us tell our stories just reminded me so much of the importance of self-love, self-care and what it means to really truly share yourself. Welcome to the Self-Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Self-Love Quickie. You know, I was wondering what I could share with you this week, and having just got back from the the amazing part of Australia called Uluru, or Ayers Rock, I just thought I'd share with you the pleasures and the joys it is when we take time out, and particularly when we go to places that have such incredible spiritual energy. I mean, for me, Uluru is way more than a rock. Um, It is known as a living cultural landscape, and that is what is considered so sacred and so important to the Indigenous culture here in Australia. In particular, to the Yankang Jajara and the Pitjantjatjara people, these guys are considered our ancestors, our owners, our traditional owners of this land. And the spirits of the ancestral beings continue to reside in these sacred places making this a deeply important part of the Aboriginal cultural identity. Having come from New Zealand, where I truly believe the culture and the respect for our Indigenous people, the Pacific Islanders, and more so the Maori people, it's really important to me to contain and maintain that connection to our forefathers, our foremothers, and our traditional owners, It's something that I've really missed since moving to Australia, particularly living on the Sunshine Coast, where I don't feel there's a lot of cultural identity here, and it's not a put down. I just wish every part of Australia could really, truly appreciate just how magnificent the Aboriginal culture is. I don't pretend to know much about it, and I certainly feel ignorant um, when it comes to speaking about it. But having just been to Uluru, I just wanted to say to you that uh, for all Australians listening to this, I think it's time, it's really time that we started to embrace this culture, that we started to read more about it, that we started to read books, perhaps by the likes of Bruce Pascoe, who wrote the book Dark Emu. I just think it's a beautiful time to start letting our children and grandchildren know just how magnificent this land is and when you consider how incredibly tough the environment is out there in the middle of Australia in the middle of that massive desert how these people have survived for thousands and thousands and thousands of years is remarkable just when i got uh, our citizenship here in australia when my my children and i were granted our citizenship i remember listening to the head of the aboriginal culture here on the sunshine coast And the way they spoke about certain flowers blooming, which meant certain fish would come up the coast, which meant three days after those fish appeared would be the best time for fishing, which also talked about um, certain plants and seeds that when cultivated and cropped a certain way, they were not poisonous and, in fact, became an important food in the Aboriginal culture. I love hearing things like this. I love to know that spirit and culture and the evolution of our people is considered incredibly sacred to those of us that I guess we'd call white people. You know, Uluru, when I started looking at it when I got there, it was an amazing opportunity to be there. You know, five of us turned up. We were there on a special mission. I was there to be the officiate um, for a beautiful Elopement, wedding elopement, and the photographer and videographer were also present. None of us knew each other very well, but I can assure you by putting an intent and in behind our reason for being there and to capture the love and spirit of this beautiful couple and uh, doing it with beautiful traditions and beautiful rituals around Uluru just made our friendships bond quicker and deeper than you can ever imagine. There is nothing like going into deep dive conversations with people you know well, and even more so people you don't know well. There's a vulnerability in sharing. There's an absolute beauty in honoring each other's vulnerabilities and listening to each of us tell our stories. Just reminded me so much of the importance of self-love, self-care, and what it means to really truly share yourself. Uluru when I looked it up didn't actually mean anything as such it could be considered an old family name but possibly it was considered a great pebble a very big pebble or earth mother and I love the fact that Uluru when you look at it is this incredibly red color apparently it's a type of rock called arcos The flakes are bits of rock left over after water and oxygen have decayed minerals in the rock. And when you look up close, it's got this almost scaling appearance. It's such rich, deep textured color. And apparently the red is the rusting of iron found naturally in our coves. And the gray is the rock's original color. And I got to see that original color in many of the caves as I walked around the circumference of Uluru. You can't deny the powerful living force that must be maintained and cared for, and I truly agree that it's our duty and respect to look after not only Uluru but Mother Earth herself. Now, the Anangu people, the people that are the traditional owners of the land, belong to the oldest culture dating back 60,000 years I mean, that in itself is remarkable, Australia, that you have one of the oldest civilizations and cultures known to man. It's always existed in Central Australia, and it's a landscape that was created at the beginning of time by the travels of great ancestral beings. Just not far from Uluru, uh, about 50 kilometre drive, is a place called Katajuta, It's another massive rock. It's even bigger than Uluru, and I had the pleasure and privilege of visiting there as well. But both of these rocks provide evidence that these ancient events and many traditional ceremonies and rites of passages have been used in both places for over 10,000 years. I love the fact that we got to experience Uluru, and you know what was even more remarkable was the fact that because of COVID, there weren't many people there. And I when I chose to run around, one of my visions and dreams was to run the 10-kilometer circumference by myself and feeling her love and energy and that spiritual connection. And I got to do that. And it was about 30 to 35-degree temperature. The sun did not disappear off me except for about 500 meters when I was around the back of the rock. But I only saw five people on that whole uh, jog around her. And it just made me realize yet again what a privilege it was for me to be there by myself pretty much and to feel, to, to really feel the energy and the heat and the essence that kept coming off that rock. I took a photo at every one kilometer point. Uh, Apart from the parts of the rock that were considered sacred and did not allow you to take photos, I really took a moment at each kilometer to take a deep breath and really breathe in her magnificence. There's a poem that I'd love to share with you that I got to share in the ceremony for this beautiful couple, and it's by Eva Johnson. Now, she belonged to the Malak Malak people and was born in 1946 at Daly River in the Northern Territory. At the age of two, Johnson was taken from her mother and placed on a Methodist mission on Croker Island and at the age of 10 was transferred to an orphanage in Adelaide. I don't even begin to understand the stolen generation and what happened there, but I was living here in Australia when Kevin Rudd made his formal apology to our Indigenous people, I'm not sure an apology will ever, ever make up for what was happening or what happened then to these beautiful people. But I'm certainly glad that we have started to appreciate and come to respect how incredibly wrong decisions were made, but how generation upon generation can come to apologise for that and hopefully make up for it in the many, many years to come. Eva's poem is simply stated, Uluru isolated rock that stands in silence caress the earth while waters of tears carry ancient stories down your jagged crevasses to crystal pools where women sing, wash, dance in ritual, protect the secrets of your dreaming. Hear their voices, their wails, that echo against your awkward walls whilst you stand dormant only to be awakened by voices of your keepers. I absolutely love it and I love feeling more and more connected to this beautiful country. I'm privileged that I can call New Zealand and Australia my home. I've looked at the different cultures of the Māori and the Aboriginals, and it's fair to say, in a very humble, um, naive way, that from my perspective, the Māori's were warriors. They are warriors. They fought for their land and their rights. And I love the fact that we have the Treaty of Waitangi, where we have acknowledged our Indigenous culture. I love the fact that in New Zealand, we are greeted in Māori, that the national anthem is sung in Māori before English. I love the fact that we have a deep cultural respect of things like the kapa haka and tribal groups and um, places that we can belong or join. I remember being one of the very few honkies, which is another name for white people at school. I really did want to be in the Māori Club, and it's probably quite funny looking back on seeing my little white face sticking up in those those dances, but it just, I don't know, I just maybe I, I had a connection in a previous life, I'm not sure, but it was just such a treat to to be a part of those clubs, those kapa hakas. Something else I'm incredibly proud of is the, the haka that is displayed often before or always before All Black Games. And uh, my heart, I get covered in goosebumps every time I watch it. I love the fact that uh Pakiha white people and Maori get to perform this incredible ritual and I feel so proud and I can't help but think how intimidating that must be when you get to watch the opposite the opposing team um you know sharing that in in uh, you know prior to a game starting so I remember when I was living in Melbourne in my teens and I was working on the Sydney to Melbourne race and we were running down the highway and one of the gentlemen in my support crew where we were looking after Cliffy Young, I remember one of the guys in the team, he had actually, he was in the Australian Army and he said he loved the Kiwi and the Aussie, um, you know, the the fact that we have this kind of banter between each other and apparently they were playing a game of rugby and the new zealand army turned around and they performed the haka and You know, with respect, it wasn't said in jest, but it was a a beautiful moment when he shared that the Australian team, realizing that they didn't have something so special, stood around in a half circle and was led by him saying, "You know, I'm a little teacup, short and stout." And when he told us that, we were crying, um, not out of disrespect to the harker, but just the fact that it made very obvious and aware that a shame Australia doesn't have something like that. Now, when I think about the Aboriginal people and understanding the artwork and the dots, I didn't realise that those dots also represented when you look up high and down on the land of Australia, all the amazing grasses and flowers and flora and fauna that that forms uh, in the desert is what looks like dots, which is why the Aboriginals paint in dots. And I thought that was really beautiful to understand and made me appreciate the art even more. And I'm sure those of you who are from New Zealand and the Pacific Islands will know that our Pacifica, our artwork and our beauty and talent in New Zealand is just second to none. I found it very interesting while we were there that, um, with the, the intent of the bride and groom that we did a number of different rituals and giving thanks to the land and using different material from the land, including eucalyptus and the stone and sticks um, to perform our giving of ourselves to Uluru. It was just, I think it took us to another level. I think it opened up the possibility of, of inquiry and curiosity about our own spiritual awakening And when myself and the photographer got to have a day together, we noticed up in the sky, this exquisite bird, an eagle. And as she was flying above us, we decided that we would follow her and see where it led us. And we followed this eagle all the way back towards Uluru, or maybe she led us back to Uluru. Whilst we were standing there, every now and again, she'd come sweeping across us and we got out of the car and we took a a photo of her as she flew over us or we took a photo of her as she flew over Uluru. And I just couldn't help but feel such awe and beauty and wonder. And if any of you have had the opportunity to watch on Netflix The Octopus Teacher, you will see that there is a real uh, moment of beauty And serenity, when we connect with something from nature, Um, when you look in the eyes of something from nature, there's just, I don't know, I think there's a moment. And if you think I've been smoking too much while I'm sharing this, then then so be it. It was just incredible. But we followed her and then I'd lose her in the horizon and we pulled over at one point and we were just sitting there chatting. And for some reason, both of us just looked to our right And out of nowhere, this beautiful eagle appeared and came out between the shrubs up over our car. And then I got out of my car and as neither of us, you know, could believe that she was so close. And then I did get my phone out and videoed her and she literally um, framed Uluru, flew down the other side of her, flew back to us, tilted her wings and then flew off. And that was the last we saw of her for quite some time. It was one of those moments that you just can't help but smile. So we drove around further around to the uh, the opening, the park of, of Uluru, and we got to the sacred end, what's considered the gri- the brain, where there's scriptures on the rock. And Marcus went one way and I went the other, and I walked into the bush and I was looking around at just thinking how did people survive in this incredible dryness and it was so hot and I don't know, it was just incredible and I placed both hands down on the earth and I started to sob, my tears fell into the into the sand and I just started sobbing and I'm not sure what you know evoked that except this this deep um, appreciation and sense of gratitude for being there and for being in the presence of this amazing rock. And after I wiped my tears, I I picked myself up and smiled and spent some more time out there in the middle of nowhere. I didn't hear a car, a thought, a person, nothing. And then I kind of saw this hole in the ground and It looked like a trapdoor spider kind of hole and all of a sudden it kind of overwhelmed me, the size of the creatures and animals and snakes that live out in this part of the world. And as I walked back to the car, um, I saw Marcus walk back there as well and he stood there, Marcus Bell, an incredible photographer, a very well-renowned photographer of Australia. And the two of us just kind of looked at each other and smiled, knowing that we'd each just had our own private moment with the rock and the land. And we were just standing there looking at the scriptures at the brain on the wall of this rock. And I'm not joking, out of the blue came the eagle. She came out from behind the trees and again, once again, flew up over us. And we just stood still captured by her beauty. She was so closer to us than the other time. Neither of us reached for our camera. Neither of us wanted to even record it. It was so beautiful. We just stood there in awe of her wonder and her amazingness. And she flew over us, circled us once, and then flew off around the back of the rock. And we just grinned from ear to ear and were so rapt that we had that moment. Now, in the car, we also had the pagamentos, the the materials that the bride and groom had collected for the wedding ceremony. And before we returned them to the bride and groom from the wedding the day before, we decided to, to drive around the whole rock and to take the pagamentos on this journey with us. And it was so beautiful to do that. And we came around one part and we stopped at the watering hole that we'd been only a couple of days beforehand. Because when we arrived at Uluru just a week and a bit ago, it was actually freezing cold and we had a lot of rain, which meant we got to experience waterfalls coming down the side of the rock and waterholes filled apparently more than they'd been filled in a long time. Apparently it hadn't rained there since March this year. And when you're listening to this, you'll know that it's October. So we went back to the beautiful waterhole and I got to take my shoes off and walk down onto the land and stand there and then kneel down and take cups of water and pour her the the water all over the back of my neck as I gave thanks to mother earth and father sky. And having been in Peru and experienced in India, you know, what it means to be in these beautifully rich spiritual places. I just couldn't help, but give thanks to all that she has given to us and hopefully asking if I if they could accept that I'm trying to be a better person, that I desperately want to be a better version of myself and, and if I can be shown away, then then what a treat. And as I looked down into the water, I'm not joking, in the murkiness of the water, I got to see this one lone four-leaf clover just sitting there in the water. And I just thought, wow, a four-leaf clover, like how often do we see those, let alone one on its own coming out of the water? And as I sat there in more silence, I got to see all these amazing dragonflies, red, blue, and brown dragonflies. And over all the years I've been speaking, there is someone out there, and I i, I don't know if you're listening to this, but... Someone out there always sends me something to do with dragonflies. They've never told me who they are. They just keep telling me that the energy, the spirit of the dragonfly is one of grace and beauty and luck and charm and teachings. And I get these, these postcards, these pictures of dragonflies in my post every now and again. And she thanks me. Um, for the work that I'm doing. And kind of brings a tear to my eyes. I say this because I don't know who you are that sends me these beautiful things. But in that moment, I got to say thank you to you, but also to all the spirit animals and insects that are around us. And what a moment it is to take heed with that and reflect within about the meaning of all these beautiful animals and plants. And then we stood up and Marcus and I met back up on the platform and we were looking around through the eucalyptus forest surrounding this hole. And in the silence, we heard this beautiful little bird, this call. And I said to Marcus, let's follow her. And she led us through the trees and I tape record her song. It's the most beautiful song. And she was popping in and out of the trees and dancing on the leaves and the twigs. And she almost got curious looking at us. And she led us out of the eucalyptus forest. And then just as someone else was walking into our space, she flew off. And again, it was just one of those moments that we kept looking at each other going, is this all really happening? Is this for real? And as we grinned walking back to the car, I have to say this to you, that I plugged my phone in to charge And I've never known of this song even to be on my phone, let alone who the group is. But it came up Ashes and Clay. And the song was all about um, being connected and being present and saying thank you to the land and getting home early and I don't know. It was just we sat there again listening to this song while we were looking at at Uluru. And I just kept saying to Marcus, I don't know why. I did not even know this, didn't even know the song was on my my iPod iPhone. I just I can't even work it out. As we continued our drive around the rock and I remembered every little step i had taken around her a few days beforehand in my jog. We just got to look up there once again and and give thanks as we then drove and delivered the pagamentos to the bride and groom. And whilst we were telling the groom about our amazing day, our eagle, the dragonflies, the clover, the the bird, the song, the eucalyptus, all of the things that we got to see and experience, he just said he looked at us, I'll never forget, and he said, and you're questioning the wonder? He said, how about you stop being in awe of the wonder and start expecting more and more? Miracles like this, how about you just realize that this is normal and that maybe more than anything, give thanks to the awakening, the awakening that there are miracles and beauty around us at all times. Awaken ourselves to trusting the inner beauty within us, awakening ourselves that being humble and showing humility and kindness and respect is one of the greatest of gifts that we humans can give to ourselves, to our fellow humans to mother nature, to father sky, to spirit, to our ancestors, and to our indigenous cultures. I don't know about you, but sharing just this little snippet of my week in Uluru has just made me feel even more proud of the land in which we stand, more honored to be considered uh, an Australian citizen, and more connected to my homeland, New Zealand, Aotearoa, the land of the long white cloud, I feel so proud and honoured to come from the lands down under and it is an absolute privilege to have shared this week with you from Uluru. Much love, take care, and please share with me if you've ever had a beautiful experience in spiritual places around the world yourself. I would love to hear from you on my Facebook page, Kim Morrison Training just look that up and you'll find that's my business page. Um, message me or follow me on Instagram, which is Kim Morrison 28 the number 28. And please share with me your, beautif- your beautiful stories or your connection to Australia or New Zealand. It means the world to me. And I just want to thank you for tuning into this podcast. I don't know why I'm doing it. I don't know why when there's so many thousands and thousands of amazing podcasts out there why I feel the need to share the self-love podcast. But I truly hope that your journey into yourself, your love for yourself can be inspired and reignited and re-energized or uh, magnified when you get to connect with, like I said, Mother Nature and Father Sky. Take care, guys. Look after yourself. And I cannot wait to share this podcast with you again next week.